You are listening to the East Point Church Sermon Podcast. We're a church that exists to glorify God as a gospel community that is growing in faith and reaching the world. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged and challenged by today's sermon. Man, are you guys ready? Are you excited? I don't think you're excited enough. Honestly, are you excited? Man. Tell you what, I'm not 100% certain, but I, I, I suspect that we are in violation of something here because you're not allowed to have as much fun as we're having this week. I'm telling you. Like, there has to be some rule somewhere. We are just having too much fun as a church. We are too grateful for what God is doing. And then today it gets better as we invite some special people into the gathering. If you are a child here, hold up your emoji and show me that you're in the place. What's up, children? Yes. Yes, I see you. Woo! And I see all happy faces. That's, that's, that's awesome. So here's what we're going to do. Here, see, I have forced you parents. Some of you, some of you parents came in, and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to put the mask on this morning. Grab the popsicle stick from your kid, and it's right there. All right? I, I know how it is on Sunday mornings. I get it. So, man, welcome, guys. It is so good to be with you. Before we launch out next week, we're bringing it in for an opportunity here to just reaffirm our value that we, as the family of faith, we are passing on the faith. We, as the community of faith, are passing on the faith to the next generation. And so this morning, I have just a little story I want to share with you. Just a little message, and it's especially for our kids. And so kids in the room, I have a question for you. I want you to think with me, okay? I want you to think of an event. I want you to think of something that you might do in this town, something you might do with your family, where a lot of people show up. You're like, my birthday party! Yes, that, but even bigger, all right? So my family, me and my kids and my wife, we went a few weeks ago to the Hot Air Balloon Festival. Was anybody here in this room at the Hot Air Balloon? You were there, Mr. Forte. I saw you. Emojis. If you were there, if you were there, boom. So look at these, like, dozens and dozens of hot air balloons. How many of you children would go up in the sky in a hot air balloon? You guys are lying. I would never, those things are frightening. I thought, see, like I'm a city boy, I'm thinking like you have the string tied to it, and then it goes up in the sky, but the string stays. They dropped the string, and it went up and up and up, and it didn't stop. But my point is, there were hundreds and hundreds of people at this event. All right, maybe some of you in this room are like, I don't want to go on a hot air balloon, but how many of you kids like going to a carnival? Hands up, show me. You want to go to a carnival? How many of you guys are willing to do the roller coasters? Any roller coaster fans? We have some brave children. All right. So you go to the carnival and you get the cotton candy and you're on the the magic spin vomiting swing situation, you know? It's amazing. Eat the cotton candy after the carnival. You'll you'll thank me, all right? Or maybe, maybe some of you are here and you're like, I want to go, maybe even on Thanksgiving or something. How many of you have ever been to a parade? And the floats are going, yeah, hands up. If you've been to a parade and the marching band is coming down the street, everybody's packed in watching the big floats, the drum major with the funny hats and the baton, all right? Maybe East Point Church should have a float. Uh, we, somebody email me. If there are floats in Easton, I'd be all about it. Um, Derek White told me he wanted to dress up as the dinosaur this year. So that's great. All right, well, kids, tell you what. I want to tell you a little story. And in my story, there were more people in the crowd than a hot air balloon festival. 
There were more people in this story. The crowd was even bigger than a carnival. The crowd in this story was even bigger than a parade. And the name of my story, the title of this story for you this morning is called Jesus and the Children. So do you guys want to hear my story? So here's what I need. If you want to hear my story, I need some help, all right? So first things first, obviously you have your emojis. Throughout this sermon, I need you to show me how you would feel. So one more time, hold up the popsicle sticks. Higher, higher, higher. Give it a little flip. Flip, show me that your wrist works. Boom, there we go. And then you'll also notice on your chairs, children, we as your parents, we as the adults in the room, we love the Bible. We love the Bible. And so you're going to see your parents, you're going to see the adults around you open with their Bible. They underline, they take notes. So we gave you a little activity sheet so that you can take notes too because you're in our family and we love you and you're important, all right? And so are you guys ready for the Bible? All right. Are you ready for the Bible? Yeah. All right, very good. Well, let's go into the story, okay? Once upon a time, and we begin in Matthew chapter 19. Look what it says. Now, when Jesus had finished these sayings, he went away from Galilee and entered in the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. And large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. Then children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. We're going to pause the story right there. Scene number one, the first page of our book says this. Scene number one, Jesus arrives in town. Jesus arrives in town. And so we see that he just entered into the region. He gets off of the boat. Maybe he's riding one of those camels. How many of you guys would ride a camel? Yep, I see you, Clay. Excellent. So he rides the camel. He gets into town, and right off the bat, we see that there are large crowds. Now, show me your face here. I want you to see your face. How would you feel if you found out that Jesus is in town? Okay, yep. Imagine this. Imagine you find out. You're leaving church, and you find out that Jesus is at Idlewild Park. Jesus is at the playground, and the mom's groups on Facebook are blowing up. Your Instagram is going wild. Hashtag Jesus sighting at Idlewild, right? And just, I mean, the, the traffic on 50 is normal. Um, everybody is just trying to get to the park, right? And they're bicycling, and they're running. Jesus is at the park, and you want to get there. Jesus is at the park. He has arrived in town. And so you could imagine the buzz. Everybody and their mom is going to the park. And in the crowd, in this large mass of people that's even bigger than a carnival, there is a special type of person. In the crowd, if you guys could just like on a helicopter, if you can look over the crowd, you would see that there's a very special type of person in the crowd. And we call them parents. We call them parents. You see, some of the people, when they heard Jesus at the park, their first thought was, I need to get there, and they run because I need Jesus. But there's another type of person, a very special type of person, who when they hear that Jesus is at the park, when they hear that Jesus is in town, their first instinct is not, I need to see him. Their first instinct is to bring their children to see Jesus. They brought their children. 
These are people where their first instinct was, kids, get in the car. And they grab their three to four kids with two arms and they have a granola bar stuffed into everybody's mouth and they change two and a half diapers and they're in the minivan and they have one shoe that doesn't fit and they're not even having their socks. And they get into the van on the way to the park all in under 60 seconds. You may call them your parents, but we around here call them superheroes. And they are moving heaven and earth so that their children can have a moment with Jesus. They are doing everything in their power to get their kids before Jesus so that, they, so that he could pray for them, so that they could have a moment with Jesus, so that they could see him and he would see them. Can anyone in this room understand the hearts of those people right there? Can anybody in this room understand what it's like to be willing to move heaven and earth so that your little humans can have a moment with Jesus? Parents, this is you, right? Grandparents, this is you. Aunties and uncles, this is you. They were doing anything they could. They were bringing the children so that he might lay his hands on them and pray. Oh, that Jesus would bless our children. That's our prayer. Oh, that Jesus would reveal himself to our kids so that they could have a moment and know him for who he is and be in relationship with him. These are the parents. And so Jesus is in town, kids. Jesus is here, and we're going to the park. We're going to see Jesus. But there's a problem there's a problem. We want to get to the park, and we're running out of the van, and we have the kids, and he goes like, Mom, stop it. You're going too fast. He's like, shh, Jesus is almost here, and you're running, and you're running. And look what the Bible says in the middle of our story. The disciples rebuked the people. So here's our story here, right? We just saw that Jesus arrived in town. Show me your faces. Show me the faces. Yay, Jesus arrived in town. But... It says the disciples rebuked the people. So scene number two, after Jesus arrives in town, the disciples say, stay away. Now I need you to show me, how would you feel if you show up to the park and the disciples, Jesus' followers go, stop, stay away. How would you feel? Show me. Oh, oh. Let me hear it. How, how would you feel? Sad. Oh. The disciples say, stay away away. And so you can imagine the disciples, right? They're kind of important guys, you know, like one of 12. And Jesus is here. And you guys, you saw the crowd. And so here these parents come with these snotty-nosed kids. And I think there's something in some of their diapers and their hair is messy and they're loud. And they're running into the middle of the circle. And these guys are like, not so fast. Jesus is busy. Not so fast. Do you see the crowd here? Jesus is an important person, and he has important people things to do. His plate is full. There's people to heal. There are sermons to give, disciples to make, a world to redeem. Kids, 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 shh. Jesus doesn't have time for you. There are way more important things to do. Shh. Stop right there. And so kids, I want you to tell me, without blowing up your parents' body, how many of you would say that your parents are busy? Anybody have a busy parent? 
Am I allowed to tell them? How many of you say your parents are busy? Like your parents have a lot to do. How many of you kids would say your parents work really, really hard to provide for your family? Yep, parents are busy, right? Like this busy? This busy? Bigger? All right, well, here's what I'm going to tell you. I want you to look at your parents. However busy you think they are, Jesus was 10 times busier. Some of you parents need to hear that. Jesus was 10 times busier, okay? Hashtag priorities. Jesus was busy. The disciples were right. Jesus had so much to do. There were so many people to heal. There were so many people to teach to. There were so many things that he had to do while he was on earth. And so the disciples said, stay away. But I wonder, what does Jesus say? Kids, you hear what the disciples are saying to you, shh, stay away. But is that what Jesus says? Is that the voice of Jesus? The disciples say, stay away. But I'm really curious, what does Jesus say? Let's look at the next verse, okay? You showed me how you'd feel one more time. How would you feel if the disciples told you to stay away? Yeah, that's right, very sad. Well, good news. Look what Jesus says, okay? But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and went away. Scene number three, after the disciples said stay away, we see that Jesus welcomes the little children. Jesus welcomes the children. Yes, he's busy. Yes, he has a lot to do. Yes, his phone is blowing up off the hook. But he says, I always have time for the kids. Therefore, let the little children come to me. He rebukes the disciples. The disciples rebuke the people, and he rebukes the disciples. He goes, stop that. Kids, come here. Kids, come. Not literally. No, no, in the story, right? Kids, come here, he says. And the disciples who were just putting up the stop sign, they're like, oh, why is this? He says, let the little children come to me. How would you feel when Jesus looked at you and he said, come here? How would you feel? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Show me. Hands up. How would you feel? I see it. There it is. That's exactly what I would feel, and that's exactly how you feel, because that's how Jesus feels about you. Jesus loves children. Jesus sees them as very, very important. They're not annoying. They're not inconveniences to, hey, keep them away from me. Hey, can you protect my schedule? Hey, can you make sure no kids get in the way? He says, no, no, no. Pause everything else. Let the little children come to me, because I love them. Children. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And we love you. You see, friends, God created humanity. And we know that. We know that we are in God's image. We know that God loves us. We know that he places a lot of value on us as image bearers. But what I think we forget sometimes is that all of us image bearers, we all started as children. It's been a long time for a lot of us, right, since we've been children. And yet God's, the pinnacle of God's creation man and woman, humanity, why is it that every single one of us start off as children? We know he loves us. He's loved us all along. We know he values us. He has valued us since day one. We are valuable in Jesus' sight from day one. And so even in this brief interaction, even in this little story where we see the disciples and Jesus, when we see the difference in their reactions, it's a quick challenge to us. When we see our children, do we feel like the disciples 
or do we feel like our Savior? Now, see, some of you guys are like, oh, he said our children. I don't have children. I'm off the hook. No, 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 no. I didn't just say your biological children. I'm saying our children because, friends, we are a community of faith. We are a family of faith. And so look around right now. Look at all the kids sitting next to you and in front of you and behind you. Those are our kids. Those are our kids. When you see the little kid jet past you in the lobby and he's, and he's spilling water and he's, hot, hot, you know, bustling and hustling, you smile. Those are our kids. God has put them in our family because he wants the community of faith to pass on the faith. And so, yes, you parent are the primary disciple maker in your home. I have three little boys. I have Micah, Everett, and Grayson. That is my and my wife's responsibility primarily to pass on the faith to them. But it takes a village. It takes a community. And God wants all of us to, when we see our children, whether it's at the baseball field or whether it's upstairs in the kids' ministry or whether it's in the lobby or whether it's the school bus that's causing you to be a little bit late to work that morning, you know, when you see children, do you see them as annoyances to be tolerated or as children, little image bearers, to be cherished and loved and valued? Jesus welcomes the children, and so do we. And so he tells us, bring them here, let the little children be valued because I love them, but there's actually another reason why we want the kids in here. There's another reason why we don't say children are to be seen and not heard. No, we want them to be seen. We, we want to hear from them. We want them in the middle of what we're doing. Not simply because we love them, but because they actually have a role to play by God for us. They actually have more to teach you, parent, than you might realize. Look what Jesus says. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. Why? There's your feelings. For to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. Here's my point, church. Jesus wants the little children to come near. And notice, he doesn't kick the disciples out. He doesn't say, hey, adults, why don't you go take 10, go get a coffee break. I got to do this little, this little photo op and kiss some babies. And you come back. He goes, no, no, disciples, you stay right here. Children, come here. And he embraces the children right as the disciples are sitting there glowering, looking at him. Why? And he looks up and he goes, for to such belongs the kingdom. Children are meant to be a reminder. Our children are a walking object lesson that Jesus wants you, adult. He wants you, parent. He wants you, Christian, you, disciple. He wants you to relate to the Father. He wants you to approach the kingdom like a child. And so our children are walking object lessons. You see, a, a child is a picture of trust. A child is a picture of faith. Like my children, when five o'clock rolls around on Tuesday afternoon, my, my children are not going like, all right, I got to take matters into my own hands. What food am I putting on the table tonight? You know, my kids don't wake up going, how am I going to provide for myself today? Because I know my parents aren't reliable. Uh, no, my, my, my children, your children, they wake up and they inherently trust. They inherently put their faith. They know that when they sit down at the dinner table, food will be put in front of them. They know that when they stand up on the top bunk and they jump off kamikaze style, they know you will catch them. They know that when they run toward the pool faster than they probably should, that you are faster and that you will save them. They know that when they fall, you will hold them. They know that when they cry, you will comfort them. 
They know that when they run on the playground, you will watch over them. They know that when they are hungry, you will feed them. They know that they can trust you. And so they do. And so here's Jesus, and he brings the children. Children, Jesus loves you, and he brings you in, and he wants you there because he loves you, but also because you are a very good reminder to us that we are to trust the Father with the faith of a child. We are to trust the Father with the faith of a child. We look to our Father and we know we don't have to take things into our own hands because he's a good, good Father. That's who he is. That's who he is. It's who he is. That's a song. And so with the faith of a child, we look to our Father. And when, in those moments where we are tempted to take matters into our own hands, in those moments where we are tempted to say, I know better than my Father in heaven, in those moments where we're tempted to say, you know what, God's kind of got a plan, but his timeline is probably not working, so I'm going to do things my way. In those moments, we look to the children in our community and we go, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And we relate to the Father with the trust and the faith of a child. And so that's why our kids are in here this morning. Our children are here this morning, not just because these gatherings are fun, but because these children are a reminder. And so here's how I would like to end this morning, all right? I want you, right now, I want you to brand it in your minds whenever you see children here at soon-to-be East Point Church. Whenever you hear the children and the loud thumps coming from upstairs or coming from the basement in your community groups this fall, whenever you hear that, that shattering of the glass and you're like, oh no, what just happened? When you hear and when you see the evidence of childhood all around you, I want you to allow that to be a reminder of two very important things, okay? So number one, here's the first reminder. The children being in this room remind us that we value children. We value our students. As we launch next week, let's be very clear about one thing. We will always be a church where the next generation is prioritized. We will always be a church where children and students are welcome. We are never going to be a church that takes themselves so seriously that we don't have time or space or energy for them. Reminder number one, we're for the children. We are passing on the faith to our students. That's our first reminder, okay? And then our second reminder is this, that the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And so when you see children, ask yourself, do you trust God to be a good father? Do you have faith that you can trust him with your life? Friend, adult, have you turned to him with faith? Have you asked him and trusted him to adopt you, adopt you into his family? And here's what I notice about children, right? When my children scrape their knee, when my children become aware of their pain, when they become aware of their need, they don't care who's watching. You ever notice that? They don't go, ooh, somebody's looking. They go, I don't care. They just run with tears streaming on their face, daddy, and they run and they jump into my arms. Are you caring what people think about you? Are you caring what you look like? Be like a child. Who cares? Come to the Father. Run into his arms and experience what it's like when he adopts you into his family as sons and daughters. Friends, I'm saying this to you. We must trust the Father with the faith of a child. With the faith of a child. Amen? Amen. Children, where are you at? Are you still with me? Show me how you're feeling right now. Show me the, oh, look at those emojis. Look at that. See, the funny thing is our kids probably can handle our emojis better than we can 
So maybe I'll let them design the emojis for our next family gathering. I'm very binary. It's like happy or sad. They're like, what about the poop emoji? Next time. We'll get there. We'll get there. So here's what I want to do. I want to end our gathering. Um, I want to honor some very special people in the room. So we talked about parents and administrators and coaches, but we have people that are upstairs every week that are helping us disciple our children. So if you're here and you are a kids worker, you are on the kids team, would you just stand for a second so we can thank you and honor you? Thank you. Yes. Let's give it up for our children's workers. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Good. Thank you, guys. Yes. Superheroes. All right, you may be seated. Now, um, here, here's what they want you to know. They've asked me to relay a message to you, and the message is this. They need help. Number one, they said they love your children. Number two, they said they need help, okay? Here's a stat that's going to blow your mind. Last week, upstairs in our children's ministry, we had more kids than we did on Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday, the biggest Sunday of the year, according to all the church manuals of America, you know? Word is getting out. Families are coming because they know that we're a place where, like Jesus, we value and welcome our children. So that's awesome. We're growing, but we need help. And so as I've talked to some of the volunteers up there, here's what I did. I said, okay, okay, help me understand. How much help do you need? And this is what they told me, right? Upstairs for the East Point kids and the East Point littles. And this is not Amplify. We're not talking about that. That's on Wednesday nights. But for East Point kids and littles upstairs, we need 16 people for a full gathering. So if we had 16 people every single week serving up there, we'd be good. All we need is 16 people. Ah, but wait a minute, you don't want to be up there every week, right? I mean, the, the gathering, you got to prioritize that. you got to sit with your families. You want to hear the preaching of the word. So we said, okay, well, 16 is not going to cut it. So if we can get 32 people, we'd have enough for two teams. And you could serve twice a month. Okay, well, 32 sounds good. But I was like, wait a minute, we just had our biggest gathering ever last Sunday. Our attendance is, is, is growing even through the summer months. I said, I want to do a big, hairy, audacious goal, Okay. Why 32? And so here's my goal. If we can get 64 people, 64 people that said, I am willing to serve upstairs in the children's ministry, that's once a month. Once a month, you can serve upstairs. Your whole community group can take a month and say, hey, my community group is going to serve on the first Sunday of every month as a group. And then we're going to go out to Rise Up afterwards and talk about the message. Whatever it is, right? 64 people. Now, I've been talking to a few of the, the, the workers here. And here's what they said to me. They said, this is from Kylie Schapler. She said, Sam, please let them know that not everyone needs to be a teacher. I said, oh, that's good to know. She's like, yeah, we, we, not everybody needs to be a teacher. We need a lot of help. I said, can you give me a little job description? This is what she said. For the nursery, if spending time with adorable babies for one hour and then getting to return them to their parents sounds great to you, then sign up for once a month. She said, for preschool, if you want an instant fan club and know how to operate a glue stick, then we need your help in the preschool room once a month. You're like, I don't have thumbs. All right, then you're excused. But anybody else who can operate a glue stick, that's you. Our kindergarten through second grade, do you want to know the honest truth about everything in life? Just ask a kindergartner to second grade student anything and prepare to smile. That's what we need. We need people who say, I'm not the, I may not be the best teacher in the world, but I want to be a place where, like Jesus, we welcome the next generation. And so we'll be up there. Put me to work. I'll operate a glue stick. I'll say hello. And maybe you are a teacher. And you're like, man, I teach all day. I'm a full-time teacher in the schools. And, and I get it. I get it. But once a month, I'm asking, would you do that? That way, our children are not in a room with just childcare. 
oh, please hear me. I'd rather the kids be in here. If we're just going to put them in a corner of a, of a the church and put on a movie, pfft, I'm not interested in that. They want to hear the gospel. They need to hear the gospel. They need to hear the Bible teaching. And so if it's a, a student ratio of 1 to 25, how many of you know that's not, that's not possible? We need you. We need you to serve. And so if you're interested in joining our team, stop by in the lobby. You can use the Connect card, fill that out, email us, jump up and down, whatever it is. We want 64. 64 workers. That's what we're asking for, okay? Now, with that said, I want to acknowledge the elephant in the room. It's fall. It's East Point Church time. It's exciting. We want to be in the room. We don't want to miss it. I can't be, I, I want to be where it's happening. Here's what we're doing. First of all, you need to know that we are actively moving and praying toward two gatherings so that you can sit one and serve one. That's coming. That's coming. In the meantime, we're asking you to serve one. And here's what we're going to do to help out, alleviate the, I don't want to miss it. Look what we've done. Daniel here, Mr. Creative, he has launched an East Point Church podcast. This sermon, 24 hours from now, will be on your iPhone. All right? Like, man, but I'm just, I can't, it's not the same. I got to see it. I don't want to just hear it. Look to the camera in the back. Everybody say hello. And look what else is going to be online in 24 hours. A sermon archive. So right now, this is actually a little preview. Our website is getting ready to launch. And on that website, you'll hit media, sermon archive, and you can watch this gathering within 24 hours of us doing this. Just for a little bit. I know there's no replacing it fully, but we're hoping as we look into the new year, we're hoping we'll move toward two gatherings. But for now, would you help us be a place that prioritizes our children and youth? Get involved, all right? And when we do that together, right, not just saying, hey, well, you take care of my kids. We say, these are our kids. This is going to be a really cool place. And this will be a place that 25 years from now, our children, look at these future elders. Look at these future deacons. Look at these future Sunday school teachers. Look at these future pastors. Look at these future worship leaders. They're sitting right here. And if we want them to be here in 25 years, then they need to be here now. And so help us. Sound good? Is that fair? All right. Our children are a reminder that we are to trust the Father with the faith of a child. And so let's love our kids. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for, for your grace in our lives. We thank you that you have given us children in our gathering uh, to care for them, but also to remind us, Lord. So grow us. Would you develop us as a people to be a church and a place that loves children? May we radiate warmth and affection. May we radiate a welcoming atmosphere for the young families in our community. May we radiate a place where we would attract empty nesters and, and we need a lot more gray hair in our congregation, Lord, to teach the young women how to love their husbands and family, to teach the young men how to lead their families. Bless us with a multi-generational, intergenerational church, Lord, that is building up the family to your glory. We love you, Father, and we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen. Let's stand to our feet. We want to thank you again for joining us for this week's sermon podcast. My name is Daniel, and I'm the music and creative pastor here at East Point Church. And if you were challenged, encouraged, or impacted in any way by this week's sermon, we would love to hear about it. It's your stories that encourage us and what we do, and we just want to celebrate what God is doing in your life. So you can go ahead and share with us at podcast at epeaston.com. Also, make sure that you subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Have a great week.